All right, so we had the pleasure to sit down with Heather Clark, ex-UFC fighter and business owner. Now, I've known Heather for quite some time. She came down to American Top Team to train with Tisha Torres, and we remained in contact ever since. She told me that she was moving down to Florida, opening up her own gym in the area. So just by that, I wanted to get her on the podcast to showcase you know, what she has going on and also the transition from MMA as a profession to now using it as a catapult and a platform to build her business off of working with 10th Planet, being a 10th Planet black belt, also opening up a 10th Planet gym here in South Florida. So we talk a bit about that. Also her journey from MMA stardom all the way up into now. Again, like I said, phenomenal individual. Love the conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Also, make sure you check out our brand new program, Brutal Bare Knuckle Boxing. Yes, I did it with my brother Jake Boswick. And we have not only the strength and conditioning, but the skills training too to match it. So if you're interested, check out the program down below now let's get on to the podcast back miss heather clark's in the building she's been with us for a little bit now but i wanted to have you on the podcast because one you are a new business owner so that's something that we have to talk about gym business on top of that special gym business and also life after the ufc Mm -hmm. right so ufc fighter right really well known ufc fighter and good one by my say thank you also, what are we doing now? And also, I want to go over the origin story, how okay. it all started. So let's start from the beginning. Okay. Right? What happened? How did you get started in fighting and all of that? Man, well, my dad uh, is a Vietnam vet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in the Marines. So he kind of like raised me real tough. You know, mm-hmm. it was uh, always about sticking up for myself, always um, just really was physical, just pushing past limits. I remember, Mm. you know, in in elementary school, just like running in those like little competitions that you would run to see, you know, whatever. And he would be there with me and he would like do the mental training and like, you you know, I know you're tired, but let's go one more. And I know Mm. you're tired, but let's go one more. And like, he was very young, at a very young age, he was, um, you know, building that mental stamina and that mental fortitude. And then kind of got me in karate and, um, from there, he actually doctored kickboxing fights when I was a kid. So from okay. like f- age five, he used to um, ringside doctor fights for um, for Benny the Jet mm. and um, just kickboxing fights in LA. Wow! And I would go there and I would see like Kathy Long and <laughs> some of these old school fighters. That's real old school. Yeah, that's and cool. I was just I would see you know her with a black eye. And yeah, I'm that's thinking, cool. Oh my gosh, that'd be, that's so cool, yeah, you know. Yeah. And only just, real fight fans know who you're talking about right now yes. too. As well, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I, I I just really like. I don't know. I, I I remember at that age just thinking how cool this was and how like raw and and real it was. Mm-hmm. So. Fast forward, um, I played hockey in high school and then in college, ice hockey. So I played Division One in St. Cloud for a couple of years, and I played professionally in Canada, Vancouver, nice. and then Switzerland. Um, hold on, hold on. You went to Switzerland? Didn't you? Yeah, I played I played in a women's professionally nice. in Switzerland. Yeah. Okay, okay. So Vancouver, Canada, and then Switzerland. And uh, I like to fight on the ice. I don't know. I got in a lot of fights. I just... Uh, I don't know. I was kind of that mm-hmm. that person. I I was when people just did dirty shit, pissed me yeah. off. <laughs> so you, I mean, so well, that's funny because we had a we had a hockey player on a pro hockey player on before, and yeah. we were talking about fighting. And hockey is way different, yes. right? Because there's leverages and things like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How did you feel like fighting on the ice? Did you feel like yeah, that that was my thing, or like? It's a good it's question, and it also changed because in women's hockey, they didn't allow, and in ch- kids' hockey, mm-hmm. right? So growing up, they don't allow fights. Okay. So there would only be a one or two punches thrown, and then the refs would be in, okay. involved. Um, but there were, you know, so you had to make those shots count, <laughs> um, or you had to make shots kind of happen where they didn't see, the, you know, mm-hmm. like behind the scenes. Gotcha. Um, so there was no, yeah, I couldn't like pull the jersey over the head yeah, and, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. I actually had Mike Winklejohn teach my brother 
how to do that because he was fighting in a league where they could do that nice. and getting those uppercuts and overhands. Yeah. Um, so I just I enjoyed it. And then in, in, when I was playing D1 hockey in, in St. Cloud, Minnesota, they had a boxing gym close by. And so when I was off season, I started training boxing. Mm-hmm. And I took one amateur fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like 19 at the time. And then 10 years go by and I finished my, well, um, I went and played hockey in, you know, in Canada and then in Switzerland and then I came back, finished my degree, moved to Maui, um, you know, ran a surf school in Maui, did photography, just kind of like lived a totally different life and wasn't doing super active, but just surfing, staying active, surfing every day. Yeah. Then I moved back to LA and I was like doing photography and I got the most out of shape I've ever been. I got up to 155 pounds. Wow. And, you know, I, I've never been that big and I've never been that soft. And I was just mm-hmm. working and not really doing active lifestyle. Yeah. So I found a gym in LA called, um, actually first, started swimming mm-hmm. at a Gold's Gym, wow. downtown LA. And this guy walks into the hot tub in Muay Thai shorts. Mm-hmm. And of course, I know all this because I used to watch the Thai fights and the sure. kickboxing fights, so I knew what they were. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, hey, I'm looking for a kickboxing gym do you know one nearby? He's like, oh, actually, I'm a, I'm a coach. <laughs> you know, it's right down the street. Yeah. Come on down. And so I, I, I went in, and it was called Peace and Any Training Center in downtown L.A. Mm-hmm. So I walk in, start taking some kickboxing classes. Next thing I know, the Brazilian coach um, who was doing the jiu-jitsu and MMA team there says, mm-hmm. hey, I've been watching you. Like, okay. do you have... I'm 28 at the time, at okay. this point. Okay. Do you have any interest in fighting? Mm-hmm. And I'm like... You know, I did a little amateur boxing, like I loved it, but aren't I like old? Mm-hmm. You know, 28, like kind of had my professional career. And yeah. I think like now I don't, I, I didn't, but he was like, what? Mm-hmm. Have you seen like you're, you, you're just about to hit your prime. Like you're not even in your prime yet. Yeah. And with your background mm-hmm. in, a, a, you know, in sports your whole life, like you're going to pick it up really fast. Yeah. So I was like, all right, let me try some, let me try some jujitsu. So... I tried jujitsu and I just like fell in love with it. I was okay. like obsessed, Phil. I was with like jiu-jitsu? with jujitsu from kickboxing to jujitsu. I mean, I, I still love kickboxing, okay. but like I had, I didn't understand what jujitsu was. Like I had a couple people show yeah. me things yeah. before that, but like once I started actually learning, mm-hmm. I like became obsessed, and everything was like now obsessed not just jujitsu but MMA, yeah. like yeah. putting it all together. Putting it all together, yeah. So. Um, I started training, and a couple weeks later, my coach, Roberto Pisanini, the owner of the gym, um, gets called to Albuquerque, to Jackson Winks, to train Rashad for a Machida fight in okay. um, that what was year UFC was 98. Oh, 98. Damn, yeah. that was a while ago. So it was 2008. Wow, okay. Yeah, okay. 2008, UFC 98. Mm-hmm. I have a good memory. <laughs> um, and... He gets called out there because he's fighting Machida, he's fighting a Brazilian, and Roberto's like, he's a shootbox black belt. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, he was only a brown belt in jiu-jitsu, but he was like, you know, shootbox guy. So mm-hmm. like super hard violence Tough. style. Mm-hmm. So so Jackson Wink thought it would be a good addition to bring Roberto out with that like style. So he goes mm-hmm. out there. I, I'm like, hey, you know, I want to check it out. So I go out there to check it out. I stay in the dorms for two weeks, mm-hmm. and I'm like, wow, I'm getting, I'm fucking sparring with Holly Holm and yeah. Michelle Watterson, and I didn't have, I didn't, I mean, I hardly knew anything. Yeah. You know, I knew how to kick and stuff because I'd done some stuff in in high school, kickboxing and karate, but I didn't know how yeah. to fight. Yeah. And they were fucking me up. Yeah. But they like respected me because I was like, I was tough. Mm-hmm. So I go back to LA. Roberto moves to uh, back to Brazil, mm-hmm. so I'm like coachless, and so yeah. I moved to Albuquerque, and I started training uh, Jackson Winks, and I was there for four and a half years, mm. um, and with the best girls in the world. Yeah, and yes. they fucking made me. I mean, I had no amateur fights. I started just w- went straight into pro plus back then. It was different. Women's MMA was just kind of beginning. Yeah, it was just starting you know? at that. So it was you, Michelle. Holly, Holly, Julie Kedzie, okay. um, a girl named Noemi Dennison, who was a kickboxer, boxer, mm-hmm. Jody Escabel. These girls were all professionals and like really good. And then yeah. there was a couple other girls, um, but those were the ones that was whoop yeah. my ass every day. Yeah, yeah. And and just watching Holly as an athlete, mm. oh my god. Yeah, she was in her prime too. 
yeah and just like yeah, yeah she was incredible um, she set a standard of yeah. like excellence for every session for every pad I get chills thinking about for every pad session for every strength and conditioning session for everything like that girl is the best athlete I've ever seen that's awesome mentally physically like She's awesome. It's good to have somebody there that you could see at that level, yeah. right, coming up and, and someone that you can aspire to be like mm -hmm. or at least work to be at that level. And too they all well. were in some degree. Holly mm -hmm. was just overall well-rounded in that way. But, like, mm -hmm. Julie was – I mean, they all had yeah. – they and they're – I mean, they're still fighting. You know, Michelle's still in the UFC. Michelle just fought. Yeah. Actually. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. So that says something, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but they, they really pushed me. And then I left there. went to Vegas. I uh, trained at Syndicate for a year, mm -hmm. um, had a couple fights, and then moved to... Uh, Misha, Misha Tate came to Syndicate to get some sparring with me and Roxanne, mm -hmm. and she asked me to come be a part of her camp against Ronda, the second fight, mm -hmm. which is, at that time, the only UFC women's division in the UFC at that time was 135. Yeah, that's right. At that time, that's they right. hadn't, they hadn't brought in the 115 right? or 25 yet, yeah. or 45. Mm -hmm. So it was a great opportunity for me so I took it, and I got kicked out of syndicate, <laughs> which was the best thing that ever happened to me. Sometimes it happens like that. It was. For sure. It was. Yeah. And not, not to just syndicate John Wood and all that, but Robert Follis was my coach at, at Extreme Couture, and he was changed my life. Yeah, syndicate and Extreme Couture are like rivals in that way, right? Yes and no. I mean, there's a lot. There's more cross-training now than there used to be, yeah. it seems like, from what I see. How close are they in proximity? Few, like, a few miles. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah but that makes it's, sense. You know, it, it's stupid. I mean, it's stupid that you should be able to train. And, and especially because I wasn't training with Extreme Couture team. I was training just with Misha and yeah. Robert. It was a good opportunity for you. It was a huge opportunity like, for me. And, and, and you know, even John's like, if it, I was you, I'd do it too. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Robert, Robert Follis, I mean, he, he taught me so much about myself, about c coaching, about MMA, about life, about just communication mm -hmm. so it was you know yeah. yeah yeah I heard good things great things about that man yeah. so that's yeah. awesome here so now what happened from the time where you started training to going on to the ultimate fighter and then moving forward in your career there so I moved from syndicate to extreme couture and then um, they announced um, that they were doing the ultimate fighter for, for women, uh, 115. That mm -hmm. was going to be like the introduction for a straw weight. Mm -hmm. And I obviously was going to try out. They had, so they, they took eight women from Invicta mm -hmm. and signed them right away for the show. And then they had tryouts for the other eight. Yeah. Okay. So for this, for that. my season, that's how it worked. Yep. And so I knew, one, Felice Herrig was already on mm -hmm. um, part of the first eight. And I knew I was going to get in just because they, everyone wanted to see me fight her again. I wanted to fight her more than anything as well. So that was a big, I think, plus for helping me get in. Plus I had, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I would have won the damn thing if I didn't tear my ACL. Yeah. So I got on the show. I felt so prepared, so strong. I worked with Benny the Jet for like a couple weeks uh, leading up to it. I worked with Robert. I felt my jiu-jitsu was at the, its best it's ever been. Mm -hmm. not, not like now, but it, it, it was at the best <laughs> at that it's ever point, been it was at solid, that point. Yeah. yeah, it was really, my wrestling, like my weight, I went into it with really good weight. Like everything was just, I felt so strong. And then a week before uh, I fought Felice, uh, Rose took me down mm -hmm. and tore my ACL. Oof. So I had to go fight Felice with a tour. You know, for the first fight, I fought her in Bellator. I, I tore my, or I broke my radius like this. Mm -hmm. It was like literally fought for, for two rounds. And then the second fight was a week after I tore my ACL. Damn, man. <laughs> so she got really lucky. Did you know say. that it was torn? I, I had no stability. So mm -hmm. I knew something was torn. Yeah. I knew, and I was going to fight. There was no way I wasn't going to fight. Yeah. And I actually got her into a, a guillotine and I like jumped standing. Mm -hmm. I was standing. She was still standing too. And I didn't have my Marcelo team. I didn't have my high elbow. And of course, my coaches aren't. It's Melinda's and they don't know my you know, yeah, style. If style. it was Robert there, I would have probably been able to adjust and finish. Mm -hmm. But they didn't say anything or I didn't hear them. And I didn't finish it. And um, so I lost. Mm -hmm. But then I fought in the finale with it, my ACL still torn. So on the show, 
they, all the girls were telling me I was faking it. They're all telling me that I they didn't. They told you that? Yeah, they told me that I didn't hurt my knee, that I was that I was faking an injury, that I didn't want to train with them, I was scared to train with them, even though, as we know from this conversation, the girls I trained with growing in my career were way better than these girls on the yeah, show, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. This was your teammates? Like teammates, your teammates yeah, on the yeah, show? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So they, they all told me I was lying. So then I fight, I go to the doctor, I get my MRI, I come back, I show them that it's torn. Mm -hmm. And they're all like, oh my God, yeah. we're so sorry. So sorry. Yeah. For 20 minutes. Of course. And, and then it was to, back to yeah. catty bullshit. So but I still fought against Beck Rawlings, who's now Beck Rodri Rodriguez. Yeah. In the finale with my ACL torn. Mm -hmm. And I won. Yeah, you did that. That was crazy. Like watching the entire season just the females just going <laughs> after it, right? And then, but there was so much bickering and so much, what was it so like being in the house there? Oh my God, it was so, it was like pulling teeth for mm. me, you know? I, all I can say, if, um, if I can tell anybody dealing with anything in their life, there's a book called The Untethered Soul that mm. I got to bring into the house with me because I don't want to say why, but let's just say I had the hookup with someone that allowed me to bring it in. Because cool. it had the word soul, so it was mm -hmm. religious, right? Oh, yeah. And it taught me, the book was all about like, you know, one, not, not like being happy and being okay, no matter like the circumstances around you. Yeah. And not being, and like seeing people as like different flowers, <laughs> something oh. like that. <laughs> and so these girls were literally like bullying me. Make, I mean, like I would, it would talk to me and then I would respond, and as I respond, they would put their hands in their ears and do that with their tongue and make noise. Like, close their eyes and, like, totally sh t shut me out. Like, five-year-old children. And these were women with kids that actually had kids that were acting like this. And I would just breathe, and I would just smile, and I would just be able to walk away, and I don't know how I did it, Phil. I don't know how I didn't lose my shit. If it would have been yeah. 10 years earlier yeah. in my life, yeah. <laughs> I've been kicked out for sure. With, so how did you cope with all of that? I mean, I certainly had PTSD from it after, you know. Um, but I just, I just, I mean, during, I don't know how I coped. I, I luckily I had Tisha. I had, you know, mm -hmm. some girls on there that were really good. Alex Chambers. Yeah. Um, there was a couple girls on the other team. Because <laughs> yeah, Tisha was, got moved to the other team. That's true, yeah. So then, it, and then, and then one of the girls from my team um, also was, ended up, turning back towards uh, my side. Mm -hmm. But it was, I don't know. I don't know, it was something greater in me. It was literally the book helped me maintain this like um, peace in my heart, mm -hmm. but also just the knowing that this was gonna all pass and yeah. I was still gonna be a champion one day. Exactly, like you had a higher purpose. Yeah. So that was, wasn't even like a blip in your radar. You know, and I was so, old enough to handle it, you know. That's true, too. Yeah. At this point, how old were, were you? I was 34 on the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you, I mean, at that point, like, most of the stuff doesn't even bother you. Like, <laughs> I mean, it bothered me, but... Like, it bothers <laughs> you, but, it, but like... <laughs> not like a 24-year-old. They're not, they're, not, they're not anybody that you need to be bothered with. Right. Like, at that point, they don't even know who you are. Right. Yeah, it was right? giving them my power, and I felt exactly. that, you know. Exactly. Um, but I did try to stand up. They would bully other girls on the show, and I would stand up for them. Mm-hmm. That's just I just think it wasn't wasn't cool, but mm -hmm. you know, it was it was an experience, that's for sure. I you know, I, I like cut my eye, had like thirteen or over here, thirteen stitches, mm -hmm. then the ACL and then all yeah. it was like literally yeah. just one thing after the next, but yeah. it made me stronger. For sure. And that's you know? I mean, that's primarily what it comes down to is like the stuff that you go through. Good or bad, you learn from them. Adversity, right? That adversity kind of molds you. Absolutely. You know? So all right, now Done with the show, we're in the UFC. Yeah. What was the first fight outside of the show? How would that go? So, and the, the, even the fight for the finale, oh mm -hmm. my God, I just step back and say, one, I had torn ACL, so f training for that was a whole mind fuck, right? Like, yeah. everybody was telling me not to do it, my family was against it, everything, right? Mm -hmm. But Rob, and Robert actually, his brother, committed suicide during that camp, so he mm. was in a whole thing. Somehow we fucking came together and we made it happen, um, and it was so, it was, that's the most fulfilling win I've ever had. Yeah, I mean, cool. I have a 10-second no knockout, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, but that was cool. this was, it was a really amazing. And then it means a lot. It means meant a lot, so much for sure. that we both were able to, like, come through that adversity of that camp and, and 
and fucking make it work. Um, and I couldn't have done it without him and yeah. my training partners, but him especially. And then my next fight was Carolina Cable-Colvich, oh, yeah. who's here in Boca. Yep. And we're supposed to hang out soon. But um, yeah, talk about like giving me a top opponent. And it was in Holland, so, so it was her world. Wasn't this one of her first fights? Um, no, she, in the UFC or not? No, she had a few fights. She oh, had yeah? beaten Rose already. Yeah. Um, sh which is huge. That is huge. Yeah. Uh, she had beaten. She was on a tear for yeah. a little bit. She when she fought and she fought Joanna. Mm-hmm. Right. She was she was up there. I was. Uh, she was ranked ten yeah. in the world, and I was. I went in there thinking I was going to destroy her. I had yeah. so much. I overconfidence. You Did know? you think you could take it to the ground and finish her? I thought I could do it anyway. I really? thought, I really did. I don't know why. My coach just had this amazing ability to make me feel confident in myself. That's what, and good I have coaches, power. That's what great coaches can do. Yes. 100%. Yes. And I have a lot of power in my, in my hands mm -hmm. that I thought, I remember that camp, him saying, like, if we got to sit there and go back toe to toe, like, you're going to take, you're going to win that one. Yeah. And I didn't. <laughs> she had some good elbows that broke my face. I had a orbital surgery after that fight. Yeah, yeah. And um, and I just, I don't know. I think I cut too much weight, too, for that fight. I was really mm. strong going mm. into it, but I think that had a toll. Um, and she does really good knees and stuff to the body. Yeah. But just her elbows, I don't know. When it, I think I won the first round, and then I lost the second, too. But, um, yeah, it was... It was, a, it was a good, and then, you know who I got after that? Oh. So I will lose to that. I thought, oh, they're gonna cut me because they fucking UFC is like that. Yeah. They gave me Alexa Grasso in Mexico City. Wow. Yeah, Current That champion. was directly after? Directly after. After my, like literally I go to get surgery, I have a plate in my orbital, yeah. nose surgery, all that. Oh, they were like, Come you got out, another one. Boom, they're like, you want another fight? I got you a fight in Mexico City with Alexa Grasso. Yeah. And it hometown, was Alexa's right? first fight. Uh, she's in Guadalajara, which okay. is like a couple hours same, from there. Same, same day. Like, when I came down for breakfast, <laughs> it was like 20 people deep in her table, you wow. know? Or maybe more. I mean, mm. it was her whole... That's her world. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But How, she was so respectful and so yeah, sweet. Yeah, I, I heard she's know? a respectful person. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I mean, listen, you're going to get tested. And yeah, I was one, person, one person I know that gets tested a lot is you, yeah. right? So <laughs> it's good to see you come out on top in your own world. And, yeah. and we want to talk a little bit about that. But also, I wanted to, because to, you had some concussions. Yeah. And, I, and I've had my fair share of them too as well. So what caused, what caused you to retire mm. from the UFC? Well, and fighting in general? Yeah, the last fight, so I, I fought Alexa. I broke another orbital, <laughs> didn't have surgery for that. Got, I thought that I was going to have to, I was a whole nother, that's a whole nother conversation, but the, the guy who did this orbital basically botched it. Mm -hmm. And so I was told by the new doctor that if I fought that this orbital or this zygomatic arch, my cheekbone would break, then my mm -hmm. eye would get lodged back and I go blind in that eye and all this. So I was told that I was done fighting after the Alexa fight, yeah. but I saw three more doctors and mm -hmm. decided to fight again. So I fought one more time in Invicta. Did all three of them tell you not to fight? No, two. Two, two of them told two you? Two told me. I just needed one to just tell me. Just needed one, okay. that's it. <laughs> and then uh, I fought against a girl named Kimberly Novius, a Brazilian girl in Invicta, mm -hmm. and I, I wanted a, a decision. And I was getting ready for a fight after that against Mizuki uh, for Invicta, a uh, co-main event, and this guy at Factory X in Denver um, just lit me up. Uh, wow. It was like supposed to be like technical sparring, super light, and he lit me up, and I I didn't like flash. I didn't, maybe I did. I don't remember, but I didn't, I didn't stumble. I didn't nothing like that, right? Yeah. But I remember him being going hard, and I was pissed. And I said something to Mark Montoya. I said, "What the fuck was that?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah I don't know. Let me go talk to him." So he goes and talks to him. Dude comes up to me, gives me like a pat on the back. So like good training to make it look like he said something to me like sorry for going so hard but he didn't say that it's a good training and then the next day i came in to do pads and i wasn't feeling right like i woke up with a headache blah, yeah, blah, yeah. hit pads didn't feel right went to strain the conditioning didn't feel right felt lightheaded and then boom next day was like vertigo was like like uh super dizzy couldn't look at my phone was just yep. like started going heavy into bad bad symptoms so yep. 
I sought out um, PTs at CU Boulder. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a D1 football team, so I thought mm-hmm. they would have some good, nothing helped. Mm-hmm. Um, and here we are, that was September 11th, 2018. Mm-hmm. So here we are almost five years later. I'm better, yeah. you know, I'm better, but still feeling, still chronic migraines every day, still, mm-hmm. you know, still dealing with, um, I'm not the same person. I'm not the same person that I was before that. Well, let's back up a little bit. First of all, why were you training with this individual? Was it something like, <laughs> right. like no, great on question. all seriousness, it's a great like, why, why were you put up with him as opposed to, was there any Women. other females? Mm. In the, so in normally training? I would never spar with a guy unless I knew him really well. Yeah. And, um, but because it was this, it was like a two, this training was a two minute rounds of technical sparring. So we, because there were so many, we were just trying to like rotate and do it with, because it's technical sparring, it should be, anybody could go with you. Because literally it's supposed to be light touch, Mm -hmm. working on a specific drill-esque, I don't remember what we were working on, like, for instance... Were there situationals? Or situationals it, almost, yeah. yeah okay. It's like like situational in jiu-jitsu where, okay, yeah. we're going to start in butterfly yeah. and your goal is to sweep me and my goal is to yeah. stay on top. Yeah. This is like, hey, maybe it's a striking where my goal is to kick you and get you off balance mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. It was stuff like that, but mm-hmm. not... And he just... He was a young, 155-pound um, amateur, probably 170 at the time. What? He wasn't even, he was a big fucking guy. Yeah, like 155 pounder. A bigger, mm-hmm. you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, big, if, I mean, if you're gonna do, to yeah, if you're gonna do it, do it with like a 125 right. or something. And that's what I'm saying, and I would normally spar with guys that yeah. were smaller. But this guy, we were just all rotating, and I just, I didn't think, because everyone else that I had been going with, it, I mean, it's light, it's not even supposed to, you literally they could do technical sparring without gear. Okay, hold on, okay, back up. This so is he crazy. just went off the wall. Did he hit you with one hard shot, or was it just like combinations? I think it was combinations, and and I, you know, I've play, replayed this in my head many times to try to figure it out, and I really think it was like snaps of like f- fast, but not so much powerful. Mm-hmm. Like he was snap, he was snapping my head back with quick punches, and then just like pop, pop, pop. So. I, I think it was more just like the whiplash of it as yeah. opposed to the actual impact. But as you know, yeah. the brain, when, if it hits, the, as the head goes back, yeah, you're gonna hit the skull then the skull goes yeah. to the, it it hits the back. So it's yeah. not so much this. So the impact from the actual force of the punch is the impact from the whiplash. Right, Understood. that's what I think. And I think it was a cumulative thing too. I think maybe I'd had a slight concussion like the week before sparring with a, another girl. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. it was like the more that I'm under, you know, I've been trying to figure this all out yeah. and learning. I'm well, it's also years of training years of and fighting. Oh you know, yeah, Accumulating yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that trauma. And you never know. Like I never thought it was happening to me. I always yeah. took really good care of myself. I always was sure. really aware when I had concussions and when I felt bad and not sparring yeah. for the most part. You know, my coaches were great um, in terms of listening to when I, you know, we. Mm. the last few years I did everything uh, heart rate monitors yeah. um, made sure that if I was in the red, I didn't spar that day. Like mm. we really paid attention to my yeah. body. Yeah, you were looking at the physiology. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean also hockey too as well. You think about that. Did you get any concussions lots, in hockey? Lots. Yeah. yeah. The same with me. It's like football and then going into fighting. Right. Took that one time, but been through it. We've been yeah, through it. Yeah. So now, all right. With that being said, when were you like, all right, I need to call it quits? I like. I haven't been the same since that day. I haven't trained. I wow. literally, I mean, I've, so that, that was September 11th, 2018. I thought I was going to get better. I had to eventually pull out of that fight, which is the first fight I've ever pulled out of. Mm-hmm. We still, we opened with my partner, Connor Hewn. We opened 10th Planet Denver on 11-1-18. So less than a month and a half later mm-hmm. or whatever, I opened our gym. And, and then I thought, oh, well, we'll open the gym. I'll, I'll start training again. I'll get back, you know, I'll still fight. But I just never felt better. And I just thought that, um, okay, maybe, you know, a year goes by, like, I'm gonna feel better. And I'd start doing these treatments. I try psychedelics and I try all this stuff and yep. maybe I'm still gonna fight. And then eventually, like, I think it was two years after I did an ayahuasca ceremony with the intention to deal with my loss of identity, to deal with mm. my, the fact that I, that my career was done and mm. that I needed to move on. And it was wow. really hard, yeah. What was the ayahuasca like? 
it was it, it's so I guess in so many words you can <laughs> it was intense it was really sure, intense sure. um, it you know you go through like these ups and downs these hot these colds um, and you know um, I did it actually with Rashad Evans and not just him and I with a group of people mm -hmm. and it was so huge because I've known Rashad. Rashad's actually, well, right, as you know, was the reason I ended up at Jackson's. Yeah. So it was like this full circle moment mm -hmm. of he was there at the beginning and now he's here at the end. Yeah. And I saw him during, it didn't hit him. He, he has like a weird digestive, it doesn't digest on him. So he wasn't even tripping, but he's in the room and he's like standing up and I'm fucking tripping and I see him and I just felt like this overwhelming sense of like, this like guardian right like this like protector and it's like this um, I don't know like this amount of like okay you can surrender now there's more people that um, you know that are here to like take care of you and mm -hmm. you can let go of this like let this guard down let this identity of fighter and and da -da -da, because there's you know Rashad's doing the same thing he's trying to get over his career sure. but at the same time like it was like this reminder that there's always going to be like a warrior in, in all of us mm -hmm. and I need to just like let go of of that I yeah. don't know if that makes any sense but yeah. to really just like let go of that constant identity like of where people know me as that person exactly. as a fighter yeah, yeah. you know we're stepping into the next your next, next purpose yeah. yeah honestly and, and just going okay I'm, I'm okay with that I'm okay with not fighting ever again and yep. Phil I didn't I've never loved anything more never like I love photography I love doing a lot of things yeah. but fighting getting in that cage and fighting is there's no, nothing like it you can't compare it to anything nothing no, right no, nothing yeah, and to say like oh I'm never gonna feel that again I'm never gonna feel what that feels like to walk out there and to to prepare for that you know the preparation in itself is is the fight right yeah. and and knowing that i always prepared to my most possible ability i didn't unturn one stone or why would you say that mm. like i did everything i could yeah. that i knew win or lose i fucking trained my ass off yeah. and i did my best you know well now you can take what i always say is you can take these experiences the knowledge you've gained you know, your attributes, the skills that you've acquired, and now transition that into the next yeah. thing in your life, yeah. which now you have a gym. You have multiple gyms. Now yeah. you're opening up one in Boca Raton right here yes. next to mine, which is awesome, <laughs> right? Let's talk a little bit about how you cool. got started with 10 Planet and now, you know, your business endeavors. Yeah, so I met Eddie when I was first starting to train in LA, I went out there, Eddie Bravo, 10th mm -hmm. um, Planet Master Eddie. And uh, I went out there, or I trained with him a little bit, but then once I was at Jackson's, you know, Winks, I was training there majoritively, but when I'd come back to LA, I would train with him just to visit family, I'd train with him so back and forth. Mm -hmm. um, and then we became really good friends. Um, he was at the last couple of my UFC fights too, so he's always kind of been in my, in my life and in my career. Sure. Um, but then when I moved to Denver, I reconnected with Connor. Connor Hewn and I met at Jackson Winks many, many years ago. And we met up in Denver. We actually re reconnected through Bumble. <laughs> um, and Shout out to Bumble. Yeah, we started, you know, we started talking again and then I ended up moving to Denver and we, whatever, we were yeah. together for a year and then I had my fight and then I got my concussion, we opened the gym. Cool. So he's a 10th Planet Black Belt. So he's a 10th Planet Black Belt under Eddie. Gotcha. Um, so I started training the system and then in the four and a half years that we were together and I was teaching, I received my, I got my black belt. Mm -hmm. So now I'm a 10th planet black belt. And there's not that many women 10th planet black belts. I don't know exactly how many, mm -hmm. but what's really cool. Wait, 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 wait. When you get a black belt, what do you get? You like get a belt. A, actually a belt? Yeah, yeah. Hey. And a certificate. Okay. All yeah. right. You don't put the belt on. <laughs> you do. Yeah. You put it on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the rash guard. Yeah, with the rash guard and the and the gi pants. No pants. True. I mean, Eddie, Eddie does style. wear the Eddie style, style, but I don't. I, I, I maybe I'll do a picture like that. It's true, but I don't. Typically it makes wear sense. Gi pants. It know? does. It does. Um, it depends on your game, though, right? Yeah. Like if you're if you're a leg locker, it does. Mm -hmm. If you're Eddie likes it because he's a not so much a leg locker, but a lockdown guy. Mm -hmm. And so when he gets those gi pants on, on oh, like yeah. a, a friction, a, a friction yeah. can that makes hold sense. it. I get that. Because, um, you know, spats can be slippery or people's legs can be slippery. Bro, I see those mats at 10 Planet. It's like, it's like, looks like a lake. 
Yeah. Right? It's just like water everywhere, yeah. sweats everywhere. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Damn, bro. Yeah. Like, you yeah. gotta make sure that one, you can't have any like you can't have anything any feelings of like uh disgust no right uh like you have to you be have able to, to get like, over that get over that sure. real. no yeah. phobias of yeah. germs in that yes. place man <laughs> that is that is the truth um so uh i be so we started our gym and you know when i when i first started it phil i was like really weirded out not weirded out what's the best word i was really conscious of uh people sparring yeah. And I wasn't letting people spar. And then I was like, if you're gonna spar, like you gotta have this equipment. And I wanna watch, and I wanna make sure there's no, like, I was just like, no, it, you, if a guy walked into the gym in the last four and a half years, that's say 35, 40 years old, yeah. I wanna fight. I'd say go find another gym. Mm. Because I'm, I was so not about taking, people taking unnecessary brain damage for no reason. And you're not gonna be a champion, there's no reason for you to do it, is yeah. you have a bucket list, well, you know what, go find someone else, because I don't wanna be part of that. Yeah. I was like, I, I, I was super, uber, like, conservative about that, because mm -hmm. I didn't want, and now, like, I'm walking into this new gym here, and they're already kind of sparring a little bit, and I'm like, yeah. okay, whatever. Like, it's changed a little bit, but at first, yeah. after going through what I went through, watching yeah. sparring, watching people go, like, even at, when I go to fight gyms and watch, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, I'm yeah. like, oh, what, no, is that necessary? Sure. Oh, There's man. gotta be a new way of training, and, and to <sighs> me, that's my, you know, working into this new, ability of having a coach is changing the way that people train and, mm. and, and trying to get the word out there about fucking what happens if you don't. <laughs> What's the best way you think now that you can go about doing that? Through, I think one, my, my gym, right? And mm. local, lo locally, what I can do and have the impact, but mm. also um, Rose Gracie, a good friend of mine, mm. has a, a foundation called Fighters Foundation. Mm. And it's all about brain health and brain oh, wow. brain um, concussion awareness, CTE. Nice. She's actually starting a, um, in Brazil, like a uh, wellness mm. CTE clinic yeah. where fighters can go down and actually get help and treatment, treatment and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think those are the things. And, and you know, like, um, who is, who's on it? Uh, UFC commentator, ATT coach, Eves. Eves Eve, Edwards? Yep, yeah. he's part of it. There's a bunch of guys, you know, fight, UFC, yeah. retired and current Eves fighters. is doing that now? Yeah, he's, oh, wow. he's a part of, he's helping. He's a part of the foundation. So nice. there's like a big list. And so they do, they do weekly meetings yeah. and it's just really about getting the awareness out. And like, mm -hmm. she's constantly posting things and, and I think people need to be just, yeah, getting, getting that awareness out and that. What's the name of it again? Fighters Foundation. I'll send, yeah. Yeah, check it out. I'll, awesome. Yeah, Fighters Foundation. Just follow Rose Gracie and um, she, she's got all that stuff. We for definitely can do her. something together. I'm down for that. Yeah, she's yeah, awesome. 100%. We should definitely she's give me. She's coming a, out next week. I'll have her come to yeah. the gym. And she's moving out here. Oh, even per that's yeah. more perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we and can definitely amazing. do some stuff. You know, her dad is the guy who started, was the one who started the UFC. Um, her dad's Hoyler, Hoyl, not Hoyler. Not uh, Hoyce, right? Not Hoyce. Uh, oh my God. See, this is where the brain. Uh, <laughs> Don't worry, I'm the same way. <laughs> I, forget, right? I forget names like crazy. Um, not Hoyce, not Hoyler. Dad. Roger. Where is it, where is it? See, if you, if you look up, it goes Grace, Rose Gracie's fight against CTE. It's mm -hmm. the right. Um, Carlos Gracie? Carlos Gracie is the, one of the oldest Gracies. So maybe it's Carlos Jr. Horian, 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 Horian Gracie. Horian Gracie, that's Where'd right. Where'd you find that out? You looked it up? Horian Gracie, yes. Horian Gracie is her dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay. he's the one that started the UFC. She was just telling me. I'm like, I don't oh, yeah. fucking know that. She's like, oh yeah, she, he brought over this book. Let me show you. She shows me oh, sorry, the first UFC tickets. That's, and that's his daughter? His daughter. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, she's coming on the podcast. Yeah, she's amazing. 100%. You're going to love her. Oh, that's dope. She's like, she's, yeah. We're doing a photography company together too called Lineage Photography. Yeah. Where we go, I, I shoot, do photography, so I go to the gym. She books the gym. I go to the gym. I shoot pictures with like nice black backdrop. Yeah. They're in their gi or no gi, mm -hmm. whatever. And then we put their lineage behind it. That's dope. So like they're, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, four people, their coach, maybe the, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. the grandmasters, whatever. Yeah, John Jacques Machado was Eddie's. Eddie's. Right? Yep. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. And that was the same thing with, even with, uh, was it Rogan too, though, right? Rogan's with, under with, Eddie. Rogan's yeah. under Eddie. Yeah, okay, Rogan's under Eddie, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And that's why, like, when I get people asked, I always ask, how'd you hear about us? And people say Joe Rogan. I'm like, oh, my God. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that makes sense. It's amazing, sense. yeah. Okay, well, now let's transition that. So now you yeah. are a business owner. We, yeah. we got through that. And now what's the prime focus for you overall? Like, where do you see 10 Planet Boca Raton going? Where do yeah. you want to take it? What's going on here? So... So I was in Denver four and a half years, split with my partner, Connor, said, okay, I got my black belt now. I got to mm-hmm. go find a gym. I didn't know it was going to be in Boca, mm-hmm. right? So we got to step back. How, how the fuck did it end up in Boca, right? Yeah. My brother just moved out here and he was living in West Palm at the, at the time. And I was like, oh, I love the beach. Yep. I want to be by the beach. I need to be, I don't need a gym by the beach. Okay. So mm-hmm. started looking. I just decided I'm gonna fucking go. Yeah. So I decided I came out here. We decided Delray. So I got a house in Delray because mm-hmm. he needs me in West Palm. I was thinking Fort Lauderdale. So like, let's be in the middle. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we get a place in Delray. So I'm working with Rose Gracie on my photography or a photography company, and she's out here visiting her mom. Her mom lives out here, mm-hmm. and she's like, let's go for a drive. Let's go look at some of those spaces that you were showing me. You know, mm-hmm. for the gym. And I was thinking Boca because originally Fort Lauderdale, but Fort Lauderdale was in a great area where I needed to go. And I drive by this location and there's an MMA gym in the fucking, in the, in the mall or whatever, shopping plaza. Shopping plaza. Yeah. And I'm like, oh shit, well, I guess I can't yeah. open here, but let me go check this place out, see what's up. There was like two people in there, mm. the coach and one guy. And I was like hearing crickets, you know? Yeah. I was like, okay, well, Next thing you know it, I'm on the phone with the owner. Next thing you know it, I'm making a check or a wire. I bought the whole gym. <laughs> I'm uh, move fast. <laughs> yeah, literally, I haven't even been here for more for less than two months. Well, let's. So I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give him the background a little yeah. bit because you contacted me, you DM me about looking like, for a space. Looking for a space. Yeah. This wasn't even less what, than a month. Less. Yeah, it was like three weeks ago. Yeah. This is crazy. So good things happen to good people thank you right and now i think that this is the perfect opportunity for you so to perfect. transition and, and and do some great things in the area yeah which is good we're in the same vicinity you're training here you're mm-hmm. training with miss maureen shea we all know maureen yeah right she's she's, she's hardcore <laughs> and i think that you two will definitely obviously you've already hit it off but yeah. like you guys will grow together we're definitely going to do a lot together from the gym and, and both gyms together yeah so what is your, let's just say, let's your three-year goal, and then overall, down the line, what do you see? it? So three-year goal is a great, great question, because I think my lease is about three more years mm-hmm. at this space. So I'd like to get into a bigger space, mm-hmm. um, you know, staying in Boca, and then um, maybe eventually opening a gym, in, a 10th Planet in Brazil. Oh, wow. So one of my coaches... Since I inherited this gym, I inherited also two black belts. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. So I'm, it's me and two other black belts coaching at the gym. They're both MMA fighters as well. So um, Kyle, uh, you're, oh, I can't, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's U R U G U A I. Euros? Uruguay? It's what it looks like, Uruguay. but I, don't, I doubt it's spelled, I doubt it's pronounced that way. So, Kyle Uruguay. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Uruguay. Anyway, and then Flavio, and I don't remember Flavio's last name, but mm-hmm. both MMA fighters, mm-hmm. um, both both Brazilian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the, and then I even have a manager working for me who's a retired, listen to this, retired chief of police in Brazil, had his own academy, sixth degree black belt. Wow. And they're both three, third degrees. So these are the guys that are working for me. Wow. So I got really lucky. So they're, yeah. and, and they're like, they're totally down with. That's dope. They, I basically, they were teaching a lot of the classes. I took all their classes away. I gave mm-hmm. them a couple. Now they're like, oh, it's okay. We'll learn your system. And then when you're ready, we can do teach more. When I get more members. They were cool with template? They're super cool. Well, they're, they're, they're excited to learn it. And the idea is that they can get their black belts. And then one of the guys is interested in going to Brazil and opening a gym with me. Wow. So that's what I'd really like to do is, awesome, is, is, you know, one of those guys, one is married to a, an American woman, so he's going to stay here. Mm-hmm. And the other guy's married to a Brazilian woman. And mm-hmm. they, so he's down with possibly doing that, which to me would be amazing. Like, yeah. um, yeah, 
So that would be three years. If not, uh, just really, you know, building what I have here and and also starting the foundation, like with Rose, being a part of that foundation, yeah. really getting the awareness out, being um, being able to um, continue doing, I don't know, talks and like yeah. motivational speaking. Yeah. Fundraisers and fundraisers talks. Fundraisers and yeah. events. And There's a lot of things going on. Seminars sure. and podcasts and, yeah. you know, um, I'd even like to maybe... You know, I do acting as well, and so mm -hmm. maybe like I get an opportunity to do that, mm -hmm. or you like, got to reach whatever. out to Dean, man. Dean's doing all that. Yeah. Right now. yeah, yeah. We'll do something together. Matter of fact, I can get you on one of the one of the. Uh, I guess we're doing like a short story. Oh yeah. 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 In a couple months, or actually a couple weeks. So okay. I'll let them know that you're here. Okay. Cool. It'll be cool. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, I, I'm open to mm -hmm. all sources. Um, and all the things that I love to do, and, mm -hmm. and I just want to, you know, I'd love to meet a new, another partner, another guy that mm -hmm. I can um, grow and evolve with and vibe with and be friends with. And, yeah, we, you know, we, we, gonna, we gotta make sure that he's all right, though. Yeah, yeah. It's Bring him by the good. gym, we'll make sure. <laughs> if he can't deadlift more than 400 pounds, he can't. That's it. That's one of my, one of my things. You can't, you can't get with one of my girls, you can't. Deadlift more than 400. That's easy. The, the issue is, too, is like, yeah, he's got to be able to be strong. But, too, like, I keep saying, like, now that I'm single, mm -hmm. do I, like, could I fight a not not a fighter? Or, or oh, someone yeah. who's not fought before. Sure. Even jiu-jitsu or something, right? They have sure. to be, because, like, we're out and I'm going to be the one that has to take care, take care of us. You so know what I mean? here's I the thing. This is kind of funny because I have, it's, well, what I think of it is like this, like you have to have some level of skill. It doesn't necessarily have to be it like- It could be military or it could police be or something. It could be tactical, okay. right? Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of guys like, I know a lot of SEALs that don't know like hand-to-hand, -hand, like you sure. know, obviously kickboxing or boxing, like they don't know much. Okay, so it could be a veteran. It could be somebody of that nature. Or something. Which that have the tactical efficiency, they know how to evade. And sure. a lot of times you should get out of the situation yeah. and know yeah, where yeah, to yeah, go, yeah, right? Yeah. I don't want a fighter who's gonna fight when they don't need to fight. And the, yeah, and they both go to jail. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. what? oh shit, maybe yeah. I shouldn't have got with a fighter. You know what I mean? So. So be careful, yeah. No, yeah, for exactly. Sure. For sure. That's great though, I'm, I'm so happy for you. Thank you. That's awesome. So now, one thing. Yeah. What is like your, what is one thing that you could say that's gotten you the success that's gotten you? What is one thing that you could, I don't know, conjure up in your brain? Like what made you be the person that you are Persistence. Now? I love it. Such incredible persistence. <laughs> I am like, uh, annoyingly persistent, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah, um, persistent and also belief in myself, belief in myself and surrounding myself with people who believed in me. Mm -hmm. I have a tattoo on my, on my shoulder that says believe to believe. Mm -hmm. um, got it uh, in Vegas with a friend of mine actually had it first and he's, his story inspired me. And the idea is that when I believe in you, how much more does that help you to believe in yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And that just, having those types of friendships and creating that type of energy creates more of that energy, you know? Sure. So, yeah. um, belief, I, I, yeah, my dad at a very young age made me really believe that I could do anything I ever put my mind to. And, you know, I still think like, oh shit, I never became a UFC champion. Mm -hmm. I never, you know, never really did fulfill completely, but I also come to terms with like, just because I have a dream and I have this like, persistence to get there it's not always going to be about that one thing mm -hmm. and like being aware of what it's like the journey and what those doors that are opening in that journey and how really that's like the fruit right mm -hmm. like that's what I'm finding and I've had to come to terms with that I felt like a failure I felt like oh shit I didn't become what I wanted to be like mm -hmm. how could I train the way I train and sacrifice the way I sacrifice and live like a student and do all those. And I didn't make it. I still didn't make it. Yeah. You know, how can I live with that? And I had to come with terms with that. It was like, well, look what it's brought me. Look mm. what it's like. I'm like, I love my life. I love that I can have a gym and teach people and, and share my knowledge that I learned and share that persistence and be able mm. to inspire people. And so I realized that really like my goal in life is to make an impact, mm. you know, and um, and that like I've already made an impact, and so whatever else is just like, yeah, icing, you know. Yeah, like when you look at it, you know, you might have said, "Oh, I want to be a champion," or "I want to be the best fighter I can be." You know, you going in pursuing that 
is success. Right. Right. And not getting to that level, that's fine. That wasn't a part of the plan. Right. Right. But learning that process, doing your, we call it market research. So you didn't really fail. You just learned throughout the process. And now it was giving you the ability to pivot out and really know your true purpose and then live life happy with the pursuit of excellence. Yeah. Whatever that is. Right. right? And that's that's the bottom line is it's. It's not about always getting to the top. You know, Robert um, Fallis used to say to me, you know, there's a reason why um, champions cry too, right, when they, when they get the belt. It's not because it was fucking easy or whatever, right? It's because of the adversity that they, that they ma- did to get there. Mm-hmm. But even if you don't get there, again, it's the adversity that you go through yep. that makes you who you are. Not, it's not the belt. It's not. Anderson Silva said that to me actually once. Mm-hmm. I got to train with him and he said, it's not about the belt. I will never forget he said that. It's never. It's not about the belt. It's about um, the heart and about the mind and about feeling. You know, the getting to that point yeah. and, and everything. It was. It was never about that one. The tangible thing, thing that yeah. you can have. It's not tangible. Yeah. Right. It's always something that's in you, and like, you get to feel that. Right. You know? Like, uh, and I never knew this, but like Mount Everest, like people try to climb that shit mm-hmm. half, most of the time they never make it right because yep. of weather because of whatever mm-hmm. and it's like what so because they never made it they, to the top they think like oh i just failed i yeah. but think of how far they went compared to everybody else that's, I, never that's what i was gonna set, say you that's know what i was gonna say set set foot on that mountain and you could say the same thing for somebody who steps in a cage and fights exactly right so i i i, I hate it when i see you know fight fans in general like the ones that never fought before. <laughs> the keyboard, the keyboard they warriors. Love, they love talking that <laughs> shit, but never would go into that position. Oh, no. You know, and never no. will feel that. Yeah. So you got one up on them. You know, it's like the, yeah. you're like the one percent. You know, of, of the whole population. I don't even think one percent. Yeah. Yeah. True. Because <laughs> I'm a woman, right? It's like, That's true too. It's yeah, point. Yeah, it's yeah. like point. Point zero zero one. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yo. So where can they find you, Jim? Uh, your social media, all of that. Um, social media, Tenth uh, Planet, Boca Raton, mm-hmm. uh, Heather Clark, Heather Joe Clark, Heather J O Clark, mm-hmm. um, and I have my website coming as well, Tenth uh, Planet, Boca Raton dot com. It's just Perfect. not up yet. Mm-hmm. <sighs> if they want to train with you, they want to train with me. Um, Hit me up on social media. Mm-hmm. Can hit me up on my phone number eight one eight four three zero seven three four five. It's on Google now, so at this point, anybody can call me. Yeah. Damn, um, that's. Ooh, yeah. I know. I know. If I have Brave to change one. it, I can't. I mean, you know, <laughs> when you have a business, no, you know, that's true. It's, it's, I used to have my number on the back of my car. Yeah. When I was starting, so yeah, yeah, I get yeah. it. Yeah, it is what it is, and I mean, I've had my business cards with my number on it for and ever. You know, if people start yeah. getting weird, I and I can block them. We've already heard a, a weird story that we, you know, people getting kicked in the nuts, and yes, so on and so yes, forth. Yes. So if you want to get kicked in the nuts? Uh, if you want to get kicked in the nuts, I could have you sign a wit. No, actually, it's got to be the price has got to be right. The price got to be right. Um, Let's say I'll I'll think about it at five thousand. Five thousand. Yeah, that's I'll the starting starting price. All right. <laughs> all right. Thanks again. All right. Thanks, Phil. See you guys.